I'm pleased to announce that I'm back, baby. Yes, Bible Talk with Keegan Wright is back in business. I know it's been uh, a long time. Not a long time, but it's been a while. And uh, I've had some troubles with this. I ain't going to lie to you. Trying to get here to uh, do these recordings, okay? Uh, Anchor wasn't working for me. I just don't understand what was going on with it. But uh, in that time, I've studied out Galatians chapter 3. I did a lot of studying for this, okay? And uh, I'm going to sit you down. Hold up. I'll put down my phone right here because I'm recording with it. I'm in a new location tonight. Actually, it's familiar with us. Uh, I recorded once before here at my grandparents' house in the basement, and that's where I'm at now, their basement. Except I'm on a couch this time. Last time I recorded, I was in a black uh, office chair. Kind of comfortable. I ain't going to lie to you. Okay? It was pretty good. But I'm on a sofa-type couch. I don't know what you call this. It's like a bed, uh, like a daytime bed-type couch-type thing. I don't know. Whoever God gave brains to make this is a genius because this thing is the most comfortable thing I've ever sat on. Um, But I'm going to try to make this quick tonight because there's uh, 29 verses in this book, in this chapter, and it's a lot. There's a lot. Um, so the, the Galatians, this is Galatians chapter 3, okay? Um, I will be getting back into the regular swing of things with Bible talk, all right? This is episode number 6. I'm so pleased to announce that I'm back. Um, your host, me, Jeff. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not Jeff. I don't know a Jeff. And if I did, I'd probably make him my cousin. <laughs> All right, enough games. So, Galatians chapter 3. If you want to open there, you can if you have your Bible. And you probably don't, but if you do, grab it and open it. Uh, I want you to open your Bibles with me. We're going to go through this together, okay? Uh, and if you don't have your Bible or don't feel like opening it, that's whatever. I'm not going to force you. I can't anyway, but just suggestions to you. So, the Galatians were uh, reproved for departing from the great doctrine of justification alone through faith in Christ. Uh, One through five, the doctrine was and is established from the example of Abraham. Six through nine, these are the verses. Six through nine, from the tenor of the law and the severity of its curse. Ted through 14, from the covenant of promises which the law could not dissemble. 15 through 18, the law was a schoolmaster to lead them to Christ. 19 through 25, under the gospel state, true believers are all one in Christ. 26 through 29. Okay? So Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, if you have it, open that Bible up. Uh, several things. Now, this is the King James. I, I read from the King James. As Pentecostals, we read King James. Now, I know each religion is different. There's different, like 150 million different versions of the Bible. I'm not going to go into what's right or what's wrong or nothing of that sort. I'm just here to read this and to give y'all something good, okay? So Galatians 3, 1 through 5. Several things made the folly of the Galatians Christians worse, okay? Galatians 3 and 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified amongst you. 
they had the doctrine of the cross preached and the Lord's Supper administered among them, in both which Christ crucified and the nature of his sufferings had been fully and clearly set forth. Had they been made partakers of the Holy Spirit by the ministration of the law or in account or on account of any works done by them in obedience thereto. Hold up, I need to put this on mute. My iPad just keeps going off. I need to mute it. <laughs> There's one thing I hate when I'm trying to do this is when something goes off or I get a phone call and then I got to re-record again and I'm like 20 minutes in and I'm going to cry. Uh, where was I? I got off topic. I'm sorry. So, we was at, or on an account of any works done by them in obedience thereunto. Was it not by their hearing and embracing the doctrine of faith in Christ alone for justification? Which of these had God owned with tokens of his favor and acceptance? It was not by the first, but by the last. And those must be very unwise who suffer themselves to be turned away from the ministry and doctrine which have been blessed to their spiritual advantage. Alas, that men should turn from the all-important doctrine of Christ crucified to listen to useless mere moral preaching or wild fantasies. Fancies. I'm sorry, fancies. The God of this world, by various men and means, have blinded men's eyes, lest they should learn to a truth in a crucified Savior. Okay? We may boldly demand where the fruits of the Spirit are most evident brought forth, whether among men, I'm sorry, excuse me, whether among those who preach justification by the works of the law or those who preach the doctrine of faith, assuredly among the latter. Moving on to Galatians, that was 1 through 5. Um, 6 through 14, I break them down. I broke, some are going to be longer than others. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six things that I go through. I'm sorry, excuse me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven, six, or seven? Six. I can't count. I'm homeschooled. And I'm Southern. So there you go. Um, so we're on to the second. This is Galatians 3, 6 through 14. You can go ahead and flip over to six and, uh, just move along as you go, I guess. Um, the apostles proved the doctrine he had blamed the Galatians for rejecting, namely that of justification by faith without the works of the law. This he does from the example of Abraham, whose faith fastened upon the word and promise of God. And upon his believing, he was owned and accepted of God as a righteous man. The scripture said, is said to foresee because the Holy Spirit that indicted uh, the scripture did foresee, okay? Through faith in the promise of God was he blessed. And it is only in the same way that others obtain this privilege. All right, let us not, or let us study the object, nature, and the effects of Abraham's faith. The object of his faith, the nature of his faith, and the effect. What was the effects of Abraham's faith? Well, Abraham was blessed in many a way because he kept the faith. But you, you, he... Wow, I just lost my train of thought. He was blessed in many a way because he kept the faith. Abraham's faith was strong, and it was there. You could see that man had faith, okay? For who can, for who can in any other way escape the curse of the holy law? 
The curse is against all the sinners, therefore against all men, for all have sinned and are become guilty before God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay, but I think there's another part to that I can't remember at the moment. But all have sinned and fallen short. It is appointed unto man once to die, okay? We're all going to die at some point or another. And if we're saved or if we're not saved, it's going to make a big difference in where we spend our eternity, okay? And it is only through faith that a person becomes righteous. This we see justification by faith is no new doctrine, but was taught in the church of God long before the times of the gospel. It is, in truth, the only way we're in any sinners wherever or can be justified. Through deliverance is not to be expected from the law. There is a way open there's a way open to escape the curse. Okay, you can escape the curse of the law being made in sin or a sin offering for us. He was made a curse for us, not separated from God, but laid for a time under the divine punishment. Okay, the heavy sufferings of the Son of God more loudly warned sinners to flee from the wrath to come. Then all the curses from the law, for how can God spare any man who remains under sin, seeing that he is spared not his own son, that he spared not his own son? God did not spare his own son from the sin, from the wrath of the sin. Why would he spare us? He ain't going to do that, y'all. Where our sins were charged upon him, yet at the same time Christ as from the cross, freely invites sinners to take refuge in him. He, With open arms, he says, Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. He'll save you. He'll sanctify you. He'll cleanse you again. All right, Galatians 3, 15 through 18. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're getting there. We're almost done. The covenant God made with Abraham was not done away by the giving of the law to Moses. The covenant was made with Abraham and his seed. It is still in force. Christ abideth forever in his person and his spiritual seed who are his by faith. Okay. By this we learn the difference between the promises of the law and those of the gospel. There's differences between the promise of the law and of those of the gospel. Okay. The promises of the law are made to the person of every man. The promises of the gospel are first made to Christ. Then by him to those who are by faith engrafted into Christ. Rightly to divide the word of truth, a great difference must be put between the promises and the law. As to the inward affections and the whole practice of life, when the promise is mingled with the law, it is made nothing but the law. Let Christ always be before our eyes as a sure argument for the defense of faith against dependence on human righteousness. Moving along to Galatians 3, 19 through 22. I, it might not seem like a lot, y'all, but there's a lot here, okay? The amount of time I've read, I'm a fast reader, but I, I, I took a lot of time studying this out, okay? So, this is going to be good. Galatians 3, 19 through 22. If that promise was enough for salvation, wherefore then serve the law? Okay? The Israelites, through chosen to be God's peculiar people, were sinners as well as others. The law was intended to discover a way of justification, different from that made known by the promise, but to lead men to see their need of the promise. Yet showing the sinfulness of sin and to point to Christ, through whom alone they can be pardoned and justified. The promise was given by God himself 
the law was given by the ministry of angels in the hand of the mediator, even Moses. The law was given by Moses. To ten, we all know the story, the Ten Commandments. Moses goes up to the mountain. I can't remember what mountain at the moment. Uh, but he comes down, and the people were uh, rejoicing before their own um, their own gods, I believe, in nakedness. Um, they had made jewelry and gold. And uh, Moses was pretty ticked off. And... Uh, Broke the broke the uh, commandments right before him, and uh, he was pretty ticked off. That man was one angry man. So hence the law could not be designed, uh, could not be designed to set apart the promise. A mediator, as the very term signifies, is a friend that comes between two parties, and is not to act merely with and for one of them. That a great design. Of the law was. Hello? Oh, that was weird. The great design, my inner, my thing cut out. The great design of the law was, I'm gonna have to go back and edit that out. The great design of the law was that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to those that believe, that being convicted of their guilt and the insufficiency of the law to effect a righteousness. For them, they might be persuaded to believe on Christ and so obtain the benefit of the promise. And it is, it is possible that the holy, just, and the good of the law of God, the standard of duty to all, should be contrary to the gospel of Christ. It tends every way to promote it. All right. Flip your Bible on over to uh, Galatians three twenty-three through twenty-five. There's only three verses: three, four, and five. Okay. Three, four, five. That's three. Uh, it's just a little bit right there. The law did not teach a living, saving knowledge. Before I continue this, if you if you were reading along in the book, just even in your Bible, scrolling through, you'll see there's words in there, statements that are matching what I'm talking about. If you follow through, each verse is going to give, each sentence is for a verse, depending. There's going to be everything into th- into one okay each little bit from each each uh, verse is going to just go into one big paragraph where it's going to um it's going to it's going to become and you'll see it okay so you know that's why you follow along with me and you'll see it you might be confused i'm sorry i i do better when i'm teaching you know if i'm teaching in front of people because you can understand it better, I guess. I don't know, but it's a great podcast. Better than listening to ASMR. <laughs> I'm way better than that. Um, so, we are moved on to 2325. Okay, the law did not teach a living, saving knowledge, but by its rites and ceremonies, especially by its sacrifices, it pointed to Christ that they might be justified by faith. And thus it was, as the word properly signifies, a servant to lead to Christ. As children are led to school by servants who have care for them, that they might be more fully, oh no, that they might be more fully taught by him the true way of justification and salvation, which is only by faith in Christ. And the vastly greater advantage of the gospel state is shown, under which we enjoy a clear discovery of divine grace and mercy than the Jews of old 
Most men continue shut up as in a dark dungeon in love with their sins, being blinded and lulled asleep by Satan through worldly pleasures, interests, and pursuits. But the awakened sinner discovers his dreadful condition. Then he feels that the mercy and grace of God form his only hope. And the terrors of the law are often used by the convincing spirit to show the sinner his need of Christ, to bring him to rely on his own sufferings and merits, that he may be justified by faith. Then the law, by teaching of the Holy Spirit, becomes his loved rule of duty, okay? And his standards for self, for daily self-examination, in this use of it, he learns to depend more simply on the Savior. We need to examine our lives daily. We can't, we can't go through life without examining ourselves. There could be hatred, hurt, bitterness, anger, wrath, um, strife in us. We need to examine and see what's wrong with us so we can be pure and holy before the Lord. And we go before him to pray, to talk to him, for him to bless us. We need to make sure we're a clean slate so he can fill us. We need to be an empty vessel ready to be poured for his spirit to be poured upon so he can overflow us with his goodness and his blessings. This is the final portion of the scripture, and this is where I will end it tonight after I have a, make a few announcements after I read this. Galatians three twenty six through 29, this is the last. Real Christians enjoy greater privileges under the gospel and are no longer accounted servants, but sons, okay? When, you, when you, you're a servant in sin, you're serving the bondages of sin. Sin is your master and you're the servant. When you come to Christ, you're the son. I should, this should be titled from servant to son because you, you're, 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 you're being told what to do in sin. Sin is controlling you. It, it's determining your every move. You know, the pornography, the drugs, the alcohol, the smoking, it's, it's your, that is, sin is what's controlling your life, the enemy. But when you go to Christ, you become a son. And he helps you and he walks with you. Okay? Not now kept at such distance and under such restraints as the Jews were. Having accepted Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior and relying on him alone for justification and salvation, they became the sons of God. But no outward forms or profession can secure these blessings. Okay? You can't just look on the outside and say, I'm a Christian on the outside, but the inside be dirty and slothful okay for if any man have not the spirit of christ he is none of his if you look it on the outside but you don't have the spirit of christ in you you are not a son or daughter of god in baptism we put on christ wherein we profess to be his disciples being baptized into christ we're baptized into his death that as he died and rose again we should die unto sin and walk in the newness and the holiness of life we die unto sin we're dead in sin and dead unto sin and dead unto trespasses but we're alive in christ so we should die into sin and walk in the newness and the holiness of life and put it the putting on of christ according to the gospel consists not in outward imitation but in a new birth an entire change inside and out if you don't if you don't live right on the inside the outside appearance don't matter it's just the outside. If you're living right on the inside, it needs to show on the outside. What matters is the inside. Yeah, outside does matter, 
but it's more the inside, your heart, your mind, and your spirit. He who makes believers to be heirs will provide for them. Therefore, our care must be to the duties that belong to us and all the other cares we must cast upon God. And our special care must be for heaven. The things of his life are but trifles. The city of God in heaven is the portion or child's part. Seek to be sure of that above all things. That for y'all is Galatians 3. Uh, That is all that I have. And frankly, I'm going to have to go do some more studying because I got um, some other ideas. I've got a lot of stuff from where I haven't really been on here much. I have more ideas of what I'm going to teach on. But real quick, I will be getting back into these podcasts, okay? Um, I Since it's fixed now, I'll try to do these every week, every other week when I can. Um, I'm trying to get a set schedule at the moment, but it's kind of hard because I'm a busy guy. I ain't going to lie to you, okay? I'm busy. I'm an old busy country boy. But um, I, I'm proud to be back. It's been a long-waited time. Uh, but this has been episode number six of Bible Talk with Keegan Wright. Until next time, signing off to you.